Hey there, welcome to Skincare School, your ultimate skincare study guide. My name is Amy Clark and I'm Adore Beauty's Senior Editor. And I'm Michelle Wong of Lab Muffin Beauty Science. This week on Skincare School. I think I'm just against all sorts of fear-based marketing. And one of the big ones is aging. As women get older, we're seen as less valuable, which is incredibly problematic. And this is just because the older you are, the more exposure you've had to the environment. And by the environment, we mostly mean the sun. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) That that evil, evil sun that sustains all life, but also (laughs) hurts your skin. If ageing is a skincare concern for you, we just want to present the options also in a way that makes it very clear that having fine lines and wrinkles has nothing to do with your worth as a person. Michelle, we are in week 12. I can't believe this is our last this is our last record together. How do you feel about that? Kind of excited because it's like we finished <laughs> such we've finished making such a big thing. <laughs> our baby yes. is cooked. Um, yes, exactly. But you're, you're obviously devastated to not be chatting to me every week, right? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Today for our last episode, we are ending with a bang because I feel like stop any person on the street and ask them what their biggest skincare concern is and there is a good chance that they will say ageing. You know, fine lines and wrinkles, how do I look younger, etc, etc. But a bit of a disclaimer to start with is that, you know, aging is normal and we really want to normalize aging and normalize the way that skin looks when we age. And Michelle, do you have any thoughts or feels about the way that anti-aging products or skincare products are marketed to us? Yeah, I think I'm just against all sorts of fear-based marketing. And one of the big ones is Apart from, I've talked about like toxins and stuff like that, but also just Mm. aging. A lot of it preys on our fear of getting older because one part of society is as women get older, we're seen as less valuable, which is incredibly problematic. And it's something that we need to fight against because it's incredibly unfair that this happens largely to women and not really to men. And that's the thing is that historically, but also today still, is that the worst thing that can happen to a woman is that she gets older or she looks older and she's no longer desirable or worthy. And so we just want to make it really clear that even though we're talking about aging as a genuine skin concern. We just want to say that fine lines, wrinkles, sunspots, all these kinds of things about aging, it's normal and it's a real privilege to age. And But it's also a personal choice. And so what we do with our faces is our choice. And so we basically just want to If aging is a skincare concern for you, we just want to present the options, um, but also in a way that makes it very clear that having fine lines and wrinkles and getting older and looking older, quote unquote, has nothing to do with your worth as a person. Now that we've got that little disclaimer out of the way, Michelle, can you please explain to us what actually happens in the skin as we get older? So there are two categories of uh, what happens to your skin as you age. The first one is called chronological or intrinsic skin aging. And this is the unavoidable one, which is as your body gets older, it changes in certain ways and that gets reflected in your skin. So one of the big contributors to this is that 
you have lots of regular bodily processes that produce free radicals. If you remember back to the antioxidant lesson, free radicals are really reactive substances that bash into various parts of your skin cells and cause damage. And so as you get older, the more your body's done stuff. And so you get accumulated damage from this. There's also a whole bunch of changes in your hormonal immune and repair systems. And so all of this adds up to these intrinsic skin aging signs, which are fine lines, thinner skin, less elasticity. This is mostly from loss of collagen and elastin, which are two chemicals in the lower layer of your skin, the dermis. You can sort of think of these as like the mattress of your skin. It's the sort of padding and springs of your skin mattress, if we're going with this analogy. Yes, I love it. Keep going. <laughs> as you get older, your mattress starts to lose padding and the springs get less bouncy. And so your skin ends up looking a bit thinner and it doesn't bounce back as easily. It's a bit less resilient as well. There's also less oil production as you get older because of your hormonal changes in general. Doesn't happen to everyone, unfortunately. If you have oily skin and you're hoping that it goes down as you age, it should, but it may not. But yeah, having less oil production means that your skin has less of its natural moisturizers. And so it's a little bit less resilient. So it might dry out a bit. It might not be able to keep water in as effectively. The other big category of skin aging is environmental or extrinsic skin aging. And this is just because the older you are, the more exposure you've had to the environment. And by the environment, we mostly mean the sun. Dun, dun, dun. The sun. Oh, <laughs> that, that evil, evil sun. Yeah. That sustains all life, but also yes, <laughs> hurts your skin. Exactly. <laughs> you usually see this on the most exposed areas of your skin, so your face, chest, hands, and it's often called photoaging because, yeah, it's mostly from the sun's light, mostly UV light. It also comes up from smoking and pollution if you get exposed to those in your everyday life. And this messes up your skin in a whole bunch of different ways. And so if we go back to our mattress analogy, it's like the padding and the springs sort of get jumbled up. And so you get different signs. So it's less of like an even sort of damage. It's very like irregular, chaotic sort of damage. So you get deep, coarse wrinkles. You can get scaling and sunspots. There are also a whole bunch of changes in your face that will happen as you get older. And they're not to do with your skin, but they will change how your face looks. And so I think it's important to remember that skincare can only do so much. These are things like you'll get changes in your muscle tone, your bone structure, and how the fat is distributed on your face. And so if your if your skin is kind of sagging a bit, then unfortunately skincare products can't really undo all of that. If you really want to change that, then you'll have to go into more invasive things like surgery. Um, but yeah, again, it is a personal choice. I personally believe very much in trying to age gracefully rather than trying to erase all signs of aging. I mean, I've spoken to um, someone that I've spoken on this topic about a fair bit is um, Dr. Michelle Squire from Curate. And actually what she says is she's a woman in her 50s and she says to me, like women in our 50s, we don't want to look 20. We want to just look our best at our age. So really it comes down to a personal choice and we're going to lay out all the options, but really it's your face, your choice. It's your last pop quiz. <laughs> I bet you are just, you are like wiping your brow being like, I'm ready to stop these weekly pop quizzes. <laughs> 
they're a little bit stressful, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but have you enjoyed doing this myth busting each week? I've really enjoyed it because I think there are so many myths around in skincare and yeah, it's just not helping us buy products that do what we want them to do. Exactly. And I guess Lab Muffin Beauty Science is, you know, you're founded on myth busting. So it's been really fun and enlightening to have some of, I call them the Michelle mic drop or the Lab Muffin mic drop where you just go, bam, false. We're going to finish off, yeah, with a bit of a bang on anti-aging skincare myths. So the first one is, you know, are all anti-aging products created equal? Um. Straight answer, no. There is a huge spectrum. (laughs) Love it. Yeah, so there's just a huge spectrum of what can be classified as anti-aging. So one of the things that we mentioned earlier is that as you get older, you get less oil on your skin, your skin loses moisture more easily. And so even if you just put moisturizer on your skin, that can reduce fine lines and wrinkles temporarily by just plumping up your skin a bit. And that obviously isn't going to last very long. It's just a moisturizer. But that would be enough to make an anti-aging claim. And some companies do actually do this. So they'll test their product against skin that's just been washed with a harsh cleanser. And so obviously, yeah. Look at me. Oh, my gosh. I'm so naive. (laughs) Yeah, it's sneaky. It's incredibly sneaky, but they can do this. And obviously, if you have dried out skin that's all crepey versus skin that's had moisturizer put on, you're going to see a difference. And technically, they showed that it reduced the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles. So yeah, be really careful with that. I think in general, I mean, moisturizers are great, but I think in general, if you're looking for an anti-aging product, you aren't just looking for a moisturizer. So I think the best thing to do as a consumer is to look for good clinical evidence where they've actually tested the product on actual humans. So before and afters, if they have claims written on the packaging about what people saw when they put it on their skin and combine that with looking for good active ingredients in the products that can actually do what you're trying to make it do. My next question for you is about, you know, when do we actually start using anti-aging products? You know, can you be too young to use an anti-aging product? Because one thing that I hear a lot around is, you know, after the age of 26 is when you start losing collagen and 26 is you know, you're a spring chicken at 26. So how young is too young to use an anti-aging product? So yeah, um, damage can happen for years before you see it. You start having that microscopic damage and then over time it adds up and then eventually you'll see it with your eyes. I don't think it can really be too young because a lot of anti-aging ingredients have more than one use. So for example, uh, retinoids are really good for pimples as well as anti-aging. I think The one product that people cannot possibly be too young to use is sunscreen. Hell yeah. (laughs) Literally. Yes. Preach, Michelle. Preach. (laughs) So I don't think you can be too young to start using sunscreen, but generally speaking, you might want to start looking at anti-aging at like late 20s, early 30s. Excellent. One less thing you have to worry about in your teens that you don't need a retinol serum. What about eye creams? Because I feel like eye creams are one of those very divisive products. And if we're talking about signs of aging, one of the big ones is crow's feet or those fine lines and wrinkles around the eye area. So are eye creams necessary? I don't think they're really necessary. For signs of aging, you don't really need ingredients around your eyes that you don't need elsewhere, but they can be a bit gentler. They can be a bit lighter so they don't cause milia because the skin around your eyes is a bit different. It's a little bit thinner, um, which means it's more easily irritated. 
And milia is when you block up a core and you trap keratin in there. It sort of looks like a whitehead, but it's a lot harder to get out. Normally, they recommend that you go to a doctor to dig it out Mm. um, because you do have to cut through a bit of skin. So I can see why you might want to use an eye cream, but you don't have to use an eye cream. You can just spread the rest of your products closer to your eyes. There are dark circles though. So with dark circles, they're really difficult to deal with with skincare. It really depends on the type of dark circles you have. If they're related to pigment, then you can use the ingredients from episode 11 and they can help with pigment. Again, these are things that you would put on the rest of your face anyway. There is caffeine, which can reduce puffiness, and that's not really useful on the rest of your face. So you might want to get a caffeine eye cream, but apart from that, yeah, same ingredients. You can probably just spread it from the rest of your face into your eyes. Absolutely. Near your eyes, not in your eyes. Oh, yes, not in your (laughs) eyes. That's it. So if you're on a limited budget and you're having to choose between different products and here's what I can afford to invest in, then you can carefully take your you know, anti-aging serum up to the eye. And then if you have a bit more budget, then eye creams that are formulated with those same ingredients can just feel generally, it just like feels nicer around that area sometimes. Or as Michelle said, it's been formulated for use on the thinner skin. Last one, true or false, you can achieve the same results as Botox or filler with a skincare product. False. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so Botox is an injection that you can get that kills some of the nerves in your skin and so the muscle stops contracting and that's why um, you end up with less wrinkles or less of some certain types of wrinkles. So some wrinkles that you get on your face, you might notice you don't get them if you're not making a particular facial expression. So, for example, frown lines, um, crow's feet, these are because your muscle is moving and so it crinkles the skin on top. With filler, there's a whole bunch of different fillers. They get injected under your skin and they basically increase the volume under your skin. So as you get older, bits underneath your skin move around. And so you might want to get more volume in certain places, maybe your cheekbones, maybe lips. Fillers more kind of more like pumping up the air mattress. Like if we're going back (laughs) to the mattress analogy is that it's, you know, adding volume where you've lost it. But you know, importantly of what you've just said, both of these two things are invasive skin treatments that are performed by a professional and that's obviously very different to putting a skincare product on your face, right? Exactly, yeah. So skincare products can't really get that deep effectively and they're not going to have this sort of extremely dramatic result. There are a few products that you can sort of fake, like a Botox-like or a filler-like effect. Yeah, and these ones, they have a temporary effect. So, you know, you put it on in the day, uh, it has that temporary freezing effect on the skin and then when you wash your face, that goes away. As we've said throughout this whole season, you know, skincare can only do so much. And so, in other words, if you see a skincare product on the shelf that says it can do what Botox can, don't believe it because that is really just marketing jargon. So now we're going into the best in class. In terms of products in general, again, prevention's better than treatment. So keep your skin in good condition. Um, Doing that is a lot easier than trying to restuff the mattress afterwards. (laughs) Just pump the mattress up better in the first place. (laughs) Yeah, so just protect your mattress. Do all the things it's telling you to. Flip it um, (laughs) every six months, is it? Rotate it. Vacuum it. (laughs) One of the reasons that this is the last episode is because there are a lot of ingredients that can help with 
signs of aging and we've gone through a lot of them. So here are all your bookmarks in case you've forgotten where they were. So sunscreen is fantastic for prevention. That was in episode two with vitamin A products, retinoids. Episode four has all the details on that. So listen to that to work out how to use vitamin A products and which sorts of ingredients you should be looking for. And that includes talking about things like retinol as well as prescription ingredients. With episode five, we have vitamin C, which is a fantastic antioxidant. So it helps prevent the signs of aging. Plus it also can help reverse some of them as well. There's also episode six, which was chemical exfoliants, which includes glycolic acid, which is really good for anti-aging. And there were also peptides in episode seven. So peptides are a bit less researched, but they seem to have some really promising effects. There are also skin treatments like laser, Botox, and filler, and these are in-clinic treatments. So with these ones, it's always best to consult with professionals before diving into any of those, and they can help you work out if these treatments will actually do anything, if they'll do what you want them to do before you spend a whole bunch of money on it. Absolutely. And then I guess on the same note is that we have gone through in each of those categories, in each of those episodes, our best in class. So we have our best in class vitamin C, we have our best in class vitamin A's for beginner right through to advanced. So in this little section, we're just going to talk about some other favorites that haven't been spoken about before. So, but that actually is a lie because both of these have been mentioned before, but I thought it would be great to put them in here to speak about the benefit of using chemical exfoliation and vitamin A formulated in the same products. And so the two that we'll talk about are Alpha H Beauty Sleep Power Peel and the Alpha H Liquid Gold Midnight Reboot Serum. But a lot of the time we hear to be careful about using too many active ingredients in the same routine, which is fair because if you're a beginner and you start slapping lots of high strength products on your face at the same time, you're probably going to end up burning your face off. But it's not always the case if done properly. And these two products are a great example of how chemical exfoliants and vitamin A can be formulated in the same product to help them kind of work better. Yeah. So glycolic acid is in both of these. This exfoliates and clears away skin, and then that actually helps the vitamin A ingredients penetrate more easily. So Power Peel has 0.5% retinol, which is a slightly more, I guess, irritating version, whereas Midnight Reboot has 1% granactive retinol, which is a lot gentler as a vitamin A. So yeah, the big problem with using the ingredients together normally is that it can get too much for you, especially if you're trying to work out how much of each product to put on your face. So these two products have them formulated together already. So there's less of a chance of something going wrong. And by going wrong, we're talking about over exfoliation, which you might remember from the chemical exfoliation episode. That is when you basically get too much skin off your face. Like you need skin on your face. You can't just get rid of it all. <laughs> Very true. And so these two products basically like Alpha H have done the work for us in that we don't need to be our own skincare scientists. Well, Michelle basically is a skincare scientist, but we don't need to be at home, you know, mixing and matching and doing all of this. Um, so if you're trying to figure out which one of these products you want to choose, the Beauty Sleep Power Peel, as Michelle said, the it's got the retinol form of vitamin A, which is kind of a bit higher up the scale in terms of strength and irritability. Um, and this is more of like a leave-on overnight moisturizer type 
treatment, whereas the Reboot Serum is a creamy serum formula and it has the Grenactive Retinoid, which is gentler. So, for example, I have a baby face that just doesn't enjoy vitamin A much at all, but I don't find that Midnight Reboot tingles too much for me. Um, so it's much gentler version. So our next best-in-class product is the SkinCeuticals AGE Interrupter. This has ingredients that help deal with what are called advanced glycation end products. So these happen when sugar is attached to proteins in your body and it sort of messes up the proteins and it slowly accumulates over time. So if you want to prevent these from forming, it's pretty boring. It's just healthy lifestyle, all the stuff that your doctor's been telling you all these years that you don't Maybe you don't really want to do, but you know it's good for you. So like eating a varied and balanced diet, not having too much sugar, having regular exercise. But also this product um, has an ingredient that can help inhibit these from forming and it's 4% blueberry extract. There's also 30% prozylane, which is an ingredient that can help hydrate your skin deeply. It restores some of those natural moisturizing chemicals in your skin that slowly disappear as you get older. There's also a whole bunch of really good moisturizing ingredients that can help as your skin tends to dry out a bit as you age. And I just kind of love that what did you say they're called again? Advanced glycation. Glycation. Advanced glycation end products. I just think it's just hilarious that that together spells age. Some fun kind of clever marketing there too and the fact that that just happens to spell out age. But essentially this is a really powerful nighttime moisturiser that also combines those anti-aging products. So if you want, if you're not keen on doing, a, you know, three serums and a moisturiser, this would just be the one product that you would use and it's generally recommended for mature skin quote unquote because it has those deeply hydrating um, ingredients kind of combined in there with the anti-aging ingredients and finally our last best in class product for skincare school I'm getting a bit emotional here is the Murad Resurgence Retinol Youth Renewal Night Cream again this is an e a nighttime moisturizer that basically combines those active ingredients that you would usually find in a serum into a hydrating moisturizer. So this has two types of retinol, which is different types of vitamin A. And so that should hopefully help reduce some of the irritation because you don't have as much of the more irritating ones. There's also what they call a retinol booster in there, which helps these ingredients work better. They also have niacinamide and red algae extracts. These, again, reduce irritation more and they help repair the skin barrier. So it's like a retinol product that is a lot gentler than you'd normally find. So you can use this one every night as the last step of your skincare routine and you're less likely to run into trouble than you would if you were to use a really high potent vitamin A serum every night. Um, so a great one if you're not sure where to start. And just like that... Class is adjourned. You are now set on school holidays to go out and do what you want. But Michelle, thank you so much for joining me on this 12-week kind of skin adventure where I can't even believe, you know, we started back at what is your skin type and now we just covered off all the main skin concerns. What's been the best part of skincare school for you? Talking to you. <laughs> ah, full marks. <laughs> No, you've been so good at organizing everything into such a nice syllabus 
I think. And it's been so lovely to get that insight into which products actually work because Adore Beauty just has so many products and you have so many customers and getting that sort of customer insight is so good. Like I think reviews are so important because it's really hard to see which products actually work without trying them out yourself. And if you have lots of good reviews, if you have lots of info about which products keep on getting sold out, then you have a much better chance of investing your money wisely. Absolutely. And I know that I said when the pop quiz was done that I was done quizzing you with questions. <laughs> but I have one final question for you. And that is, if you just have one thing that you want people to take away from this series about skin and skincare in general, what would that be? I think it's to remember that skin is not going to be perfect. I think this is really easy to forget in the age of filters and Instagram. I think a lot of us have started getting these unrealistic expectations of what human skin should look like. A ridiculously small number of people have perfect skin all the time. And so I think we all need to be a little bit kinder to ourselves and don't look too closely at your skin. Don't compare it with other people's skin that you're seeing on Instagram. They have filters, they have good lighting, they go through other stuff in their lives. They're not going to be posting an ugly skin picture. But when you're looking at your skin, your skin isn't always putting on its best show for you. The aim is just to help your skin be a better version of itself. Perfect skin isn't the aim and it's impossible unless you scrape off your skin and like lay down a layer of silicone. It's just not going to happen. So yeah, be nice to your skin, be nice to yourself. Absolutely. And I can't possibly just pick one thing that I want people to take away from this series. But aside from what Michelle just said is respect thy skin barrier, which I feel like everyone now, if you've been listening for the last 12 weeks, you're like, yes, skin barrier. Yes, I know. Yeah, I know what they're on about. Respect your skin barrier and wear sunscreen. And on that note, thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us. It has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it has been such a fantastic 12 weeks. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you, Amy, for being my co-host. Oh, and thank you, dear listeners, for listening to us prattle on about skincare for 12 weeks. If you ever want to go back, you know, now that school's adjourned, school's out, school holidays, but if you ever feel like doing some homework during your school holidays, you can go back and listen to our skincare school episodes anytime you like. But for now, it is goodbye from Michelle and I. So see you later. Bye, everyone.